So I have to behave. So now, so now, you know, today, if it's your first time, this is the uh, fourth lesson, uh, and then pl there's plus there's been some other smaller interjected lessons. So this is kind of like a progression, and um, it's kind of like almost school. It's we're gonna we're gonna be going into some 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 deep stuff, some stuff that we're not allowed to go into in other venues and other areas, and uh, it's just gonna get better and better. Trust me. And one of the things we're going to do tonight, and it's just funny that the, one of the persons that asked me um, if I would do this couldn't make it tonight, but we're, we're recording it, so um, hopefully she'll be able to see the recording and understand the recording. And today, lesson four, understanding the Bible, Bible continued. What was that? Hello, everybody. Sorry. That's okay. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. <laughs> That's all right. This, this is informal. So, um, anyway, I do want to say something before we begin. Now, you could be the most learned man in the world, okay? You could know, you could know where to find everything. You could know where everything is listed. You could know where everything is said. Well, guess what? That means diddly squat. It really does. Um, when you look at, uh, for instance, Luke chapter 24, verses 4 through 5, that's where Jesus is walking on the road to Emmaus, right? And he's with two people, and many people think they're a husband and wife. And he's talking to them about himself, right? And he's using the law, the books of Moses. He's using the Psalms, and he's using the prophets, and he's just going from from the beginning to the end, the Old Testament, speaking about where it is speaking about him. And then, you know, they're not getting it. And then but then finally it says that he opened their minds to understand. Alright? And it's so really it's so vitally important. You might know. I might know. We all might know. But we really don't until we have that, that Holy Spirit giving us revelation and illumination and uh and then we've seen in acts chapter 9 verse 18 where where paul right he knew too nobody knew the scriptures nobody knew the word of god more than him i mean nobody knew the law more than he did you know the books of moses again the prophets nobody knew like he did and he he used his knowledge to persecute the church Right then, all of a sudden, he meets Jesus, and the scales fall from his his eyes, whatever. And I believe this is where revelation and illumination comes, and now he understands it to the point and to the place where he tells Timothy, "You know the holy scriptures, how they make you wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ." Yeah, because all the scriptures are about Jesus Christ, and it's so vitally important. Like I said, it doesn't matter what you know; it's 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 the revelation and the illumination. This is why Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 17 that the that 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 God will ignite the spirit of wisdom and revelation that is within you, and the eyes, you know, of your understanding will become illuminated. You know, and I don't know how how many of you have heard my message about John the Baptist. Now John is in prison, and he 
he, he sends two of his disciples to Jesus because he's like, hey, are you the one? You know, or, or should we wait for another? Should we wait for another? You know, and I, I mean, I can imagine what, what John is feeling and what John is going through because he's in prison. You know, he shouldn't be in prison. If Jesus is the Messiah, right? The Messiah is to come and overthrow Rome, right? Overthrow Rome, free Israel, right? John shouldn't be in jail. John shouldn't be in prison. This can't be the Messiah. John knows all about the Messiah, how he's going to come, the, the conquering, you know, Messiah. And so now he's in jail, and, and he's like, are you the one? And he should have known the scriptures. He should have known. I, <laughs> hey, he should have known Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel right? The good news to the poor, to set up liberty to captives, right? To, 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 to release the print. Maybe this is what John was waiting for, to release the prisoners, but he was talking about sin, to open the eyes of the blind, okay? The Messiah, I, Isaiah chapter 53, the suffering servant. John missed it. John missed the voice that came from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Again, that was a quote from Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 41. But you see, even John didn't have the understanding and the revelation of who Jesus really is and who Jesus really was and who the Messiah was really meant to be. And so, um, so this, carry, this carries on. I mean, there, there's so many preachers and ministers and teachers and professors that know, okay, that know. But that doesn't mean, what you know really doesn't mean anything. It's your illumination and your revelation and we're going to talk about, and especially when it comes from the right filters, you have, you must have the right filters in place. And when you have the right filters in place, it doesn't matter what translation you're reading. It doesn't matter what minister you're listening to or what, or what teacher, whatever you're listening to. If you have the right filters in place, bells and whistles will go off. They will go off, you know? And um, the true the true filters of grace, and we, we're going to talk about those. But somebody asked me, okay, what are some Bible study aids that you can get and um, that that can help you that you can learn? So I, I want to go through some of those, and I hope I hope you you printed up your notes, all right? And and the first the first one I I wanted to mention is Strong's Exhaustive Concordance to the Bible. Every one of you. Oh my gosh, should have this and carry this around with you. Okay, look at this. Look at how small the print is. Look at that. Holy mackerel. This is strong. It's an exhaustive concordance, you know, to the Old and New Testament. All the Old Testament words, all the New Testament words, they're all in this book. All right? And what's amazing is, is, is it can, it can fit in your tablet. I don't know if you can see that. Can you, you can't see it because my screen is all white. But you, it could fit on your tablet. How can I get... Oh, there, look at that. If I hold it sideways, you can see it. Okay? So on my tablet, I have strong, exhaustive concordance. Don't bang the table. Oh, I won't bang the table. To the Old and New Testament. And so now I just go... Like, let's say I go to the book of Acts, and I'm in, I'm in Acts chapter 1... And it, it's, it's in the King James Version, right? And it has all the words in the verses, whatnot. 
And when I want to know what Strong's exhaustive concordance says about that word in the Greek, all I have to do is touch it, and the Greek definition comes up, and it's right there before me. I know its primary definitions. I know its secondary definitions. I know how many times it's used in the New Testament, if I'm in the New Testament, um, um, and uh, where else it could be found, and what other scriptures, and, and that is right, that's right there by the, by the touch of a hand. You, you know, you could know for yourself. And I'm going to tell you, that's a really wonderful study aid right there. And as we go on, I'm going to show you why. We're going to be looking at, if you printed up your notes, you already know, we're going to be looking at um, several scriptures, key scriptures that talk about sin, sins, sinning, sinner, sinful, sin, 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 sin. There's not only one word for sin. There's many words for sin and many meanings for sin. And they become very important, you know. And if you don't know those meanings, then the minister that says or the preacher that says, we're all sinners. We're, you mean you don't have any sin in your life? You mean you don't sin? We're all sinners, right? Because it says we all have sinned, right? It says confess your sins because he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins. So it's there. But it's really important to understand and know what the Hebrew or what the Greek word is so you are not duped and the wool is not put over your eyes when people preach or when people teach about, quote, sin. All right? But, but that's number one. That's, that's Strong's exhaustive concordance um, to the uh, Old and New Testament. And it's amazing. Before this app, let's just say, I don't, I don't know when the I, I, iPods, iPads really came, came out. But when I went to Bible college in 1980, I mean, that's, that's that book I have since from 1980. That's when I got it. My library was filled with books. Can you imagine carrying that around wherever you go? But now I have it on my, my iPhone. I have it on my iPad. And I can easily, you know, look up what the word means. And um, I, I, I'm not going in order right now because of what I have on, and I, on my book. Now, I don't know if you can see this, but I have a line right down kind of the middle right and this is another app you could put it on your iPhone you could put it on your iPad you could put it on any tablet you have so on my on the left I have Strong's concordance right and King James but then on the right I have U version Bible U version Bible I know you've all heard about that but here's the thing about it all right side by side now I can see what it says in the um, in the Greek or in the Hebrew and then I instantly can touch version over here, and I have 71 English translations. So that I can just quick touch, 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 see what it says in the New American Standard, see how different it is in New International Version, see how different it is in Young's Literal Translation, see what it says in the Passion Translation. It's, ama it's amazing, you know? And now, and now, all right, so let's say I want to, I want, I, I want to, I want to, I see what it says in, in the King James Version, New King James Version, whatever. But now, now I come back to this side, I click it, I press my arrow, and I get my trusty Mirror Study Bible out. And I instantly see what it says in the Mirror Study Bible. You're banging. I'm sorry, I'm banging, banging the table. 
I'm sorry. Am I getting you guys dizzy? So, so th these are things that before I knew I was going to be a pastor, before I knew I was going to be a minister, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to know the word of God for myself. I just didn't want to hear some, somebody preach because I know that depending upon where they came from and depending upon where they went to school, that was their lane. That was how they were going to teach. That was what they were going to believe, you know, and there's no moving them. You know, hey, okay, some of us follow Andrew Womack. He's one of the people we we follow. He's not even allowed in some of the churches around here. His teachings aren't allowed in some of the churches. <clears throat> when I'm in the assembly, when I was in the Assemblies of God churches, for instance, they tell you, do not let another preacher on your pulpit, in your pulpit, that's not Assemblies of God. Okay, it's like what? We're the only ones that have the truth. We're the only ones that have the revelation. Um, but but that's the way people are. People are very protective because they have their own lanes, they have their own, their own, and I can understand that. I can understand that. You know, I'm very protective of my my pulpit too, and it's but it's not because of you know my, a denomination or whatnot. It's because I teach grace, and I don't want anybody to get there and teach law. You follow what I'm saying? That's that's the only thing. You're going to teach grace. You're going to teach love. You're going to teach righteousness. You can you can speak in my church. In fact. On October 22nd, we're going to have Barry Bennett. I can't wait. Barry Bennett's going to be there, and that's going to be a big thing for, I mean, Barry Bennett, I mean, whoo, you know, he, he's authored like 20 books. He, he's, he's spoken in many countries around the world. He has a, a tremendous ministry and following, and he's going to come to my, our little humble church, and I, I, I just can't, I just can't wait. He can take it, because I know he's going to preach love. He's going to preach grace. You know, he's going to preach the new and better covenant. Right, but um, you're not gonna you're gonna go to a you're gonna go to some denominational churches and they stay within their denomination. They don't believe in the, in, in uh, the ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in healing anymore. They they don't believe in the ministry gifts. You know they believe healing comes through medicines and doctors and um, and 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 staying healthy and eating right. You know and and uh, eating twigs and bark and you know nothing with colors or additives or you know whatever. Okay, so. You have the capability of knowing, number one. All right. No, that's number two. Number one, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit that's going to give you revelation, you know, and illumination and understanding if you allow him to. If you allow him to. In 30 years, I never, I never said to myself or I never said, Holy Spirit, you know what? Reveal to me. Is, is this the truth? Reveal to me. Is this correct? Re re reveal to me. Is this is this right? You know, in, in the particular organization that I was a, a member of, and and I, I listen. I'm gonna on Thursday. I'm gonna be joined and speaking live uh, again um, with 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 my youth pastor. You know, he's grown. He's changed. But at that point in time, you know, we thought we were of such a lane and a zone that we were way up here. You know, and everybody else was way down here. And Lori will tell you, there was one service where the whole entire youth group, we got up because we were holier than I'm, and we got up and we walked out and we left. Remember, Lori? Yep. We left. We left. And 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 and, and, and I'm going to be honest, with you, I didn't know any better. I read a lot of the same scriptures now, but because that wasn't the lane of teaching that I was involved in. I never received this understanding. I have no idea why. I really don't. Other than God had a plan for my life. 
how one day when Lori had me read this book, God Wants You Well, and it talked about the new and better covenant. It, I mean, the lights, the lights, it's like somebody turned the lights on and I was, I was hearing the gospel for the very first time. And then the Holy Spirit just took off, you know, and right now I'm probably about as, as grace as you can get. And every more, every day, I, 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 I be, more grace, more grace, more grace. This is about Jesus. It's not about me. It's all about him. It's all about what he did, what he does. You know, his accomplishments, you know, he met all the needs. He met all the requirements for me of the Father. And all I have to do is believe in him and have faith in him and have trust in him. And if I believe I'm, I'm a child of God and I'm born of God, then I'm led by the Spirit. And if I'm led by the Spirit, right, the Spirit leads me into my righteousness and my holiness and my sanctification and my perfection. And I need to believe those things. And those things are hard to believe. Those things are hard to believe because of where we came from. All right, my wife. You know, I used to, and I don't. I don't anymore. And we, we, we finally, we, we were just talking about this. You know, about twenty minutes ago, she would always remind me, you're, "You're, you're holy. You're righteous." You know, she would call me Mister Righteous. She would call me holy. She would, she said, you know, she said, "You're, you're, you're, you're as holy as Jesus. You're as righteous as you know. You're complete. You're perfect." And it was like, I don't want to hear that. Please stop it. Stop it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Why am I not? Because the voices that I heard for so many years are still there, you know? But, but now the voices that tell me I am are here, and I have to agree with those voices because I'm agreeing with the Word of God, the true Word of God, the true gospel of grace, new creation realities, all right? But now, that's what's most important, Holy Spirit and, and illumination and revelation. These, these aids, now once you have that in place, right, these aids... Then you can say to yourself, wow, that's what it really means? That's what it really says? That's right in line with grace. And the Bible will prove itself. The Bible will show itself. The Bible will reveal itself. So the first, um, the first study aid, strong and exhaustive con concordance of the Bible, and I would, I would highly recommend it. You download it onto your tablet. You, you, every one of you can get the Kindle app. If you have an Android, or even if you have an iPhone, you can get the Kindle app. You know, iPhone, it's in the books, in, in, in books. I think that's what it's called, books. You get it, you download, you know, it's only nine bucks. And you got Strong's Concordance and the King James Version of the Bible. You, you pull up the Bible, and all the words that have definition in Hebrew and Greek will be highlighted in blue. And then you just touch them, boom, and it shows you the Hebrew or the Greek word. And what's, it's, what's awesome to see, and I really didn't have understand, understanding for this, is when you look at that app, only the words in the Hebrew and the Greek are highlighted in blue. Everything, everything else is, is black, and you, get, and you realize that in any given verse, 30% of the verse is blue and 70% is black. And that translators decided what to put in there to make the verse make sense. You follow what I'm saying? And so now, if they're coming from a Calvinistic background or a background contrary to, you know, new and true, better covenant of grace, and they're still in the mixture because they don't understand the separation of covenants, then that's how they're going to that's how they're going to do their translations. That's why we talked about the word of God is inspired, but translations are not. And so that's 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 very cool to see that. But it's 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 great.
it's great. Just when you get it, don't think you're an expert in Greek and Hebrew because there's still more that you need to know, but it will help you tremendous, tremendously. And then the second thing we talked about is here's the other book, you know, I carry around in my back pocket, Vines, Vines Expository Dictionary, you know, to the Old and New Testament. This is amazing. This, this also is right there at, at, at a touch of a button. It could be with you at a touch of a button. And what's great about this is, is as you're reading the Bible, um, you know, and un un unfortunately, it, 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 you need to look up words that are in the King James Version because that's what filters into these, these study books. And, you know, for instance, it's the word sin that we're going to be looking into, and you pull up your, your dictionary and you put in sin, and it gives you the nouns, and it gives you the verbs, and it gives you the adjectives, and it tells you where they're found, what verses they're found, and you realize, you'll find out that not everywhere, not every place where you see the word sin, it's the same word in the Greek. But that's how it's interpreted. So it'll say something about sin, and you think that's, that, you know, that that is the definition of what sin is, period. And we're going to find that that's totally different. So that's really good because that gives you all, all the, the various, you know, different definitions that you're going to find. Another thing is, is uh, when, you, when you look up the word world, for instance, a lot of times, you know, um, we're like where Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse, uh, not Romans chapter 12. Is it Romans chapter 12? Yeah, Romans chapter 12. Um, to, uh, where does it say he said, wherever he says, Romans chapter 1 ver or Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Verse 1 to verse 2 where he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how many times do preachers use that, 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 that verse to say, don't be conformed to the world. Don't be like the world. Don't think like they think. Don't talk like they talk. Don't go to bars and hang out like they go to bars and hang out, you know? Don't do the things. Don't live for promiscuity. How do you say that? Promiscuously? Whatever. You know, it's a good message. And, and is, there, is there some truth to it? Well, yeah, okay, there's some truth to it, but that's not what Paul is meaning. So when you click on the word world, you will find out there's there's several words for world. One of them is cosmos, and it means the entire world, the entire earth, and all its inhabitants. That's really important because when it says, for God so loved the world, okay, and you click on world, it means the entire earth, cosmos, the entire earth, the entire world, and all its inhabitants. That's important because Calvinists believe that God is selective, and 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 eighty percent of Christians in the United States are Baptists. They believe in Calvinism that God is sovereign, that He chooses. Well, there you go. If you know know what the word world means, you know no. God loved the entire world, the whole earth, and all its inhabitants. But now getting back to Romans, where it says, "Do not be conformed to the world." Right? That word there for world, it's not world. It's aeon. It means age. It means age. So when you think about it, he's talking to, to Roman Christians. He's talking to Roman Jews and he's talking to Roman Gentiles, right? He's trying to get them out of Judaism. He's trying to get them out of circumcision. He's trying to get them out of reliance for the law for righteousness, right? Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. That's a big statement of his from Romans chapter 10. So in his progression, he's saying now, don't be conformed to this present age. 
don't be conformed to this age of law and legalism, but become transformed, right? Transformed into what? New creation realities. You're being united with Jesus Christ. You're being one with Jesus Christ. This is his whole line of thought from chapter six and seven and eight, you know, and nine, when he talks about Mount Zion and Mount Horeb, the, the, the mountain of promise. I hear you. The mountain of promise and the mountain of law, right? So he's it's 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 natural. Don't be conformed to this age. Don't be conformed to Judaism. And that's Judaism, and that's his message. Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians. That's his message. But now it's the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's faith through grace. And so when you have that understanding, you have a better knowledge and knowing of that verse of what it's talking about us to do where how it's right in line with where paul says study to show yourself approved a workman needing not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth don't be conformed to this age this present age the age of law that was soon to disappear we talked about ad 70. don't be conformed to this age, but now become transformed become transformed how got to renew your mind now you got to change the way you think change the way you think so that that's that's a, that's just another example of um of words <clears throat> now here's here's a, a big example i want to show you and we have a little bit of fun with so i started out with this for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god all right that that that's that's important all have sinned and fall short of glory of God. And you see I have one asterisk there. And then it goes on, and I, I have Romans chapter 5, verse 19, where it says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Really important. Because of Adam's disobedience and because of, of the fall, we all were made sinners, right? And I have two, two asterisks by that word and then the next verse verse uh, 12 of Romans chapter 5 wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world their sin again and death by sin their sin again I have two asterisks there and so death passed upon all men for all have sinned right then 2nd Corinthians verse 5 verse 21 this is so vitally important for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and then it here it is John chapter 1 verse 9 I mean first uh, John chapter 1 verse 9 this is where we are told you see we always have to confess our sins we always have to confess our sins you have to continually confess your sins so that you could be cleansed of your righteousness there it is if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is a very important verse that's used that's used a lot. And then he goes on to say in 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, my chi my my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. I have three asterisks by that word. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. All right? Now here we go. Let's look at the different words for sin. First of all, let's look at the word sin as it relates to the one asterisk, okay? That word for sin I have in your notes is 
hermartolos, hermartolos, and that simply means one who misses the mark. We miss the mark. Now we know before Christ, everybody missed the mark. All have missed the mark, and all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have. That's why it's important to know the next verse where it says, but now all are freely justified through faith in Jesus Christ. Many people forget that next verse. But here it goes. Paul is just simply telling us, all have missed the mark. Important, but not as important as the next word for sin. This tells us why everybody missed the mark. And the next, uh, the next word, have, I have two asterisks there. Romans 5.19 and Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Romans chapter, I mean 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. That word for sin is the most important word for sin. And it's hermarthia. Alright? You want to write it down? Fine. Not, not, but what's important is that you know the difference. Hermatolos, missing the mark. We've all missed the mark. The next one, hermathia. This is why we missed the mark. And hermathia means this. And it tells us right here in Vine's dictionary, this Greek word, this etymologically, this etymological meaning, that means the, the Greek meaning, the real meaning, has been largely lost because of traditions of men. It says it right in the dictionary, right in the Bible dictionary. It Now listen to this. This word for sin is the most comprehensive term, ready, for moral obliquity. Uh, how do you say this word? Ob obliquity. O-B-L-I-Q-U-I-T-Y. I'm not sure what obliquity means, but it goes on to say, it is used of sin as a principal source of action or an inward element producing the acts. A governing principle of power. That is extremely important because that is talking about our old nature. Our old nature before born again. Our old fallen nature because of Adam's transgress. We were all born with this nature. We were all born with this governing principle. We were all, all born with this governing power. We were all go, born with this inward element. And this is what produced the outward acts. This is what produced the outward acts. Very important. Why is it very important? Because the outward acts is not what made us a sinner. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? That's why people people are say, oh, you mean you never sin? Guess what? Yeah, I miss the mark at times still. Yeah, there are blips on my radar screen still as my mind is be being renewed. But that is not what identified me as a sinner. What identified me as a sinner was hermarthia, that noun, that, that, that word where Paul is using to tell us about our falling, 
fallen nature, our old condition, the old man that no longer exists. So that means at born again, when you become a new creation, when you become united with Christ, the old, right, has passed away and behold, the new has come. The old that was passed away was that old man, right, that old nature, that old spiritual being, it's gone, who, who, and what was the governing principle of the power or for the power of sin, or the inward element that always produced the acts of sin, or that, that inward man, right, that fallen that fallen man, that fallen being, that fallen spirit that produced the source, that was the source of all the actions. So do you understand the difference between the acts and what causes the acts? And what causes the acts is what made us a sinner. What causes the acts, right, that nature caused the acts. But now that that nature is gone, it's up to us to renew our minds by the word of God, right? And it makes it makes the acts less and less and less and less. As you believe what you are told by the Apostle Paul and by God, by God our Father Himself, that you are righteous, that you are holy, right? That that you are perfect, that you are complete. Very important, very important. I want to look at, uh, I want to look at, uh, I have it here, 2 Corinthians verse 5, I mean chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Verse 21. Now I have been guilty of saying this. Every sin, right, of every person that was ever born, that will ever be born, was put on Christ. I, I was guilty of that. But this verse, this this word right here for sin does not mean right acts or the missing of the mark. What this word is right here is hermarthia. It means the evil nature it means the inward power it means the inward source it means the thing that makes you a sinner the thing that makes you sin was put on christ and it was buried with him and it's gone and you were raised with him the newness of life you no longer have that thing that makes you a sinner it was carried away with christ my goodness i just want to shout and praise god for that i mean that Aren't you guys excited about that? Yes. Huh? Any excitement out there? I mean, that's powerful. That's powerful. You know, I, I, my pre, my minister, old church I used to be, I used to call me out. Oh, you mean there's nobody that sins here? We're all sinners. We're just all sinners saved by grace. No, we're not. A sinful act, right? An action does not define who you are. Christ defines who we are. Righteous. Right? Just like... Just like a righteous act cannot make you righteous. You can decide to, 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 to make it your, 
you know, to make it your uh, your lot in life to drive the highways. And you know, we all pass people who are pulled over or stopped because they have flat tires and whatnot, and change every flat tire. You know, it could, you could it could you could make it your lot in life to to go to every food bank and hand out food, right? To every soup kitchen kitchen and get behind the counter and serve. You can you can do good works. Right till the cows come home, you know, till the cows come home. You could, you could just do good. But guess what? Righteous act, that's not what makes you righteous. Righteous deeds do not make you righteous. Jesus Christ made you righteous. God the Father made you righteous. Now, the fact that we're righteous should have fruits. The fruits of righteousness is what Paul talks about. All right? So, acts of righteousness doesn't make you righteous just like a sin doesn't make you a sinner. Very important to understand. Now, when we come down to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, because this is a verse that's often used if you confess your sins. I never confess my sins. I'm sorry, guys. I just confess my righteousness. I just confess my righteousness. Okay? Because here it is in, in John, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, he doesn't start out that chapter by saying, my little children like he normally does when he's speaking to his disciples or or to a group of believers. He's writing arbitrarily now to the Gnostics. He doesn't address them as my little children, my beloved children, like he does in chapter in the chapter 2 where now he's writing to believers. But anyway, he says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of your unrighteousness. Wait a second. I thought that took place at born again. What can this be? How can this be? But this is what it says. Ah, look at the word sin. It's got the two asterisks. It's hermarthia. Paul is addressing the person that is not born again. Because Paul, because John is the one. I, did I say Paul? I mean John. John is the one in, in John chapter 1 that says in verse 12, to as many as believed in him, to them he gave the right, the power, the ability, the authority to be his child. Right? Who as many as believed in his name, who were born not of blood or born of man or of the will of man, but who were born of God, who were born of the Spirit. Alright? So, so, so that person becomes a new creation. That person, his, his nature is died with Jesus Christ. I was crucified with Christ. And now I'm raised with Christ. So Paul, so John is using the word hermarthia, that inward power, that inward element that drives us, the inward power that produces the acts. This is before born again. Okay, he's talking to people before they were before they believed in Christ, before they received Christ, before they accepted Christ. And once that takes place. They become new creations. They're cleansed of their unrighteousness and they're made righteous. Just, just what Paul preaches. So we just need to get it right by knowing what words for sinner use. Because now, look how he starts out in the very next chapter. Chapter 2, verse 1. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. Okay? I have three asterisks there. Do you understand that? Do you want to know why? Because it's different than the word sin in, in the first chapter and in verse 9. It's a different word. So now look at what he says, right? 
if you confess your sins. But now he's saying, but if you sin. But if you sin, right? These things I'm writing to you that you sin not. But if any of you sin, if any of you sin, think about what he's saying there. <laughs> think about what he's saying here. That's, that's like saying, hey, uh, Evelyn. Everybody know Evelyn? Evelyn, raise your hand. Hey, Evelyn, if you stop by my house tomorrow uh, on your way, you know, can you pick me up some donuts from Dunkin' Donuts? If you, if you, Evelyn, is there any chance you're going to be at Dunkin' Donuts to stop at my house tomorrow and drop me off some donuts? No, there's not a chance. She's in Florida. So just think about, this is the language that John is saying. He's talking about if, if, why? Because there's a new inward power. There's a new inward condition. There's a new inward man. There's a new sheriff in town. There's a new marshal in town. And so he says, but if, if, why? Because as we're being renewed, we can still miss the mark. But if we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, our righteousness. But that word there, he uses, it's got three asterisks, and it's hermartano. It means the miss, missing the mark. It means an act, an act. An action, right? Not the inward source. So John says, if that's to happen, he's not saying, now confess it. He's saying, just move on because you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, your righteousness. So different words and different meaning for the word sins. Now, want to have some fun? You have your Bibles? We're going to look at another painful scripture painful scripture that I know you've all been taught and has all been preached and it's from Hebrews chapter 12 Hebrews chapter 12 let's go there right real quick and verse 1 from Hebrews chapter 1 it says wherefore seeing we are all encompassed with such a great cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Right? Now let's just stop there. You think that he's talking to you and I, where he's telling us, listen, let's get rid of the weights. Let's get rid of the sin. It's, it's holding us back. It's keeping us down. Let's run our race. Right? Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of, of faith, the perfecter of faith. Right? But what's really being said there? Again, look at the word sin. The word sin there is hermathia. He's talking about, and he's talking to people who have not yet believed and put their faith in Jesus Christ, which he then is exhorting them to do. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the author, the completer, the perfecter of faith. He's the one that justifies us, that makes us righteous. So again, this portion of scripture is not talking to you and I. It's talking to the one who hasn't believed and received and accepted Jesus Christ. And we know that by the term of sin that's being used. Now, this scripture is all, this, this portion of scripture is all about Jesus and what Jesus has done and what God has done. And here's where I told you about translators, how they take certain words right the blue words and the black words and they try to make sense of it and by trying to make sense of it because because they come with wrong filters they mess it up 
Because as you continue to read chapter 12, and I want you to continue to read it because you'll see this, it talks about how God disciplines and chastens his sons. Right? I know you've heard this portion of scripture. In fact, it says he even scourges, scourges with a whip. Right? And it talks about, you know, we have earthly fathers who have disciplined us. You know, how much not more? Our father of spirits. Well, I want you to know something. You can search historically over and over and over and over and over again. And you will not find any reference to Hebrew fathers, to Hebrew parents who scourged their son, who scourged their children. You will not find it. So now, to compare God with our earthly fathers, right, who scourges us, and you cannot find that historically. That's why it's important to have a Bible dictionary that tells you about the culture, about the time, you know, um, um, about, about uh, what's the word I look for? Like, I'm Italian, or, or heredity, uh, you know, um, Ancestry. Ancestry. Thank you. You'll find out that that's never done. Never, ever. So now when you look at the word sin and you look at what's going on, you understand. Fix your eyes on Jesus, right? Fixing your eyes on Jesus. And you're using proper hermeneutics like we talked about three lessons ago. And you look at what's going on. You understand he's teaching us to have faith in Jesus Christ, to fix our eyes on Jesus, because there was one son of God, child of God, that was chastised, that was scourged. Let me hear you say it. Who was it? Jesus. 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 Isaiah chapter 53. By his stripes, by his scourging, right? The chastisement for our peace fell upon him. Right? So how, how in the world could God look at us now with the righteousness of Christ? How could God look at us knowing he's established us in Christ and established us in righteousness, but now he's going to scourge us and he's going to... No. This is talking about Christ. And you understand that and you know that by first understanding what definition of sin is being used, using proper hermeneutics, going into the culture, understanding that you will never find where Hebrew fathers strapped their children up and scourged them. And so this is why some of these aids are so important. This is why it's so vitally important to have the right filters. And when you look at Hebrews, this is all from Hebrews, okay? And in Hebrews chapter 10, we come out of Hebrews chapter 10 where it tells us, by one sacrifice he perfected forever those, no, by one sacrifice he perfected forever those he sanctified, right? And in Hebrews chapter 10, it, it tells us, he's purged us from an evil consciousness of sin. He's purged it away from us. 
okay? He has a new covenant where his sins, sins and iniquities, he remembers no more. We, chapter 10, read it as a whole letter, right? And then he tells us, and the Holy Spirit convinces us of these things. He convinces us that our sins, right, is, are, have been purged. He convinces us that we've been perfected. He convinces us that we've been sanctified. He convinces us that we've been perfected. This is what the Holy Spirit convinces us of. This is what he witnesses of. This is what he testifies of. This is what chapter 10 tells us. He, he convinces us that the Father no longer remembers and holds our sins against us. So now, how in the world can chapter 12 now be about God, the Father, disciplining and chastising us and even scourging us? This is why Pastor I should... Lenny, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, you know what I just realized? That, uh, in fact, and you, you mentioned this before, you taught us it's one big letter. Um, you know, if you go back to chapter 11, the last verse, yep. you can see where he's talking about the other people. So, you know, I, I went back to see if, you know, what you were saying was true. And chapter <laughs> 11 does say, yeah, just in case. <laughs> um, it says, and all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Yeah, that's confirmation. Amen. And then it goes on to the next verse, and then it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud, blah, blah, blah. There you go. So I just point that out for anybody who had doubt like me. And so, he, no, he, so he's talking to the Hebrews who haven't yet received Jesus Christ. That's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. He's talking about Melchizedek, the great high priest, you know. Then he's talking about... The, the, the sacrifices and the blood of bulls and of goats versus the blood of Jesus. It's just, it's beautiful as you read it as a whole. But we talked about topical preaching. We talked about, you know, we talked about those things in our, our previous chapters where you can take something out of script, out of, out of context, you know, and you could make it say anything you want. But, you know, but, but, you know, that was good. So that's why these aids are important. And, you know, there's, 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 some, there's some more. The Blue Letter Bible. It's, it's awesome. You know, again, you put it on your phone, you put it on your tablet, you can instantly go from, from one app to the other. And with the blue app, the blue, um, um, the blue version Bible, you put in a word, like let's say, man, where's that scripture found? I know it talks about sins. And the one I'm looking for is in the Gospels. Well, you can go right to the Gospels and put in the word sins, and it will show you all the all the um, verses where the word sins are, or sinners, or righteous, or whatever. You look look up a word. If you want to look up a word, the word righteous in Paul's writings, you can look up Pauline epistles. Put in the word sin, uh, righteous, and boom, it all comes up. So it helps you uh, identify a verse or find a verse off a word that 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 might be in your mind. You know that that you're That's looking it. at. Yeah. Blue Letter Bible is linked to our notes, ironically. What notes? To the notes that we're given by for each teaching. Oh, when, good. When they, they have the they have the verse there, if you click on it, it'll take you to Blue Letter Bible for for King James. But you can once you're there, you can click on the top and change it to, to whatever. Right, change uh, it to a different version. And you can find your verses. I mean, it's so easy. This is amazing. I came out of Bible college with a trunk full of books, and this is all I need right now. And you just go from app to app to app, and and. Hallelujah. It's awesome. 
you know, the version. we talked about the version. It's a great Bible app. You can read the Bible. It's got an audio feature to it where you can play it and you can just listen to the scriptures. But you can instantly push, uh, click on versions and you have 71 versions of the English, 71 English translations. And I'm telling you, it's enough to, I mean, once you click on them and compare them and you're comparing verses, you'll realize that, you know what? The Bible is an inspired word of God, but translations are not. Because if they were, how can they be so different? You know, and they are. And of course, you know, um, after that, I have this down here, the Mere Study Bible. I, 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 um, I could not, uh, I could not live without my Mere Study Bible. I really, I really love my, uh, you know, my my Mere Study Bible. So um that concludes tonight tonight was about studying how to study and showing you differences of words and why it's important to to understand um that there are differences even though it says it says world there are different meanings behind that word world that make a big difference you know is it age is it is it is it um is it cosmos you know um but again, I want to leave you with, it is vitally important to have correct filters. You have to go into your reading, you have to go into your Bible, no matter what translation it is, is, and you have to know, as Jesus is, so am I. I am. I am. I am. And if you're reading something that tells you you're not, and you have to work at becoming, or you have to strive to, strive to become, or you have to, I, it's not correct. I am. I am. I'm one with Christ. He was joined to the Lord as one spirit with the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Here's love perfected. I have boldness before God my Father. Because as Jesus is, so am I in this world right now. Right? So you have to have the right filters. I am and I have. I our souls, which has to become renewed so the transformation can take place. Our minds will always tell us or will want to tell us we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. I mean, if you would have told me two or three years ago that I, I can go back to Taekwondo and I could get my kicks up as high as the head or the face again, where, you know, uh, I was lucky if I could get my, my sidekick up to the knee, you know, or whatever. I, it's, it's too late. There's no way I can get that flexibility back, you know. Well, you drop 50 pounds, right? You go back to class, you work out, you, and guess what? You can you can. I mean, I, I can't. I can't understand the computer. I can't work the computer. Well, guess what? You can. You know, I can't do this. I can't. Well, guess what? You can. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And 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 it's hard, you know, because we 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 think in the flesh or we let the flesh take over. You know, we have it minds in your souls. If you're hearing anything that's contrary to that, and even from me, because there's times I'll slip up and I might get some mixture in there. There's times. And bells and whistles should, should go off in, 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 in your soul and in your spirit. I am, I can, and I have. And it's all because of faith and believing in Jesus Christ. So now, that's my issue. Use this stupid report. Was it okay, hon? It was awesome. Was it? Good. 10 out of 10. I can't believe it wasn't recording.
you're going to bring home your other 